warm welcome to you all. Hope you'll thoroughly enjoy our program. A very British podcast about very British movies with just a hint of professionalism. Good morning, Scott here, as usual, with me at the other end of the Skype line is Stephen. Good morning, sir. Good morning, mate. How are you doing? Very well, very well. Recently back off holiday, starting to feel the cold. <laughs> the weather's wow. turned. It's, uh, well, I don't even know when this episode's going to go out because, as we say uh, in most programmes, that We've got such a backlog of episodes to, to bring to the audience. We're recording this second week of October. Yeah, about the second week yeah, of October. Yeah. This could be just before Christmas. This could be the first episode of the new year. We don't know. We'll see how it goes. We've got plenty to catch up on. We've got some episodes to record with some guests. Yep. Um, Looking forward to them. Yeah. Christmas specials, Halloween specials that we haven't recorded yet, which is going to sound really bizarre if this goes out in January, as I say. Um, <laughs> but I like the idea of having a little bit of a safety net of episodes, just in case, you know. Well, you never know. I mean, you never know at your age when you might get taken ill or something <laughs> over, or, you know, yeah, you, you might, you, you, <laughs> you, you, you know, you might might not be able to see probably because you're broken your glasses just or, about you know, say, all sorts I, of things I, happen, don't they? You, know, you bloody bring that up. See, I, I tell you in confidence of my woes, right? <laughs> and I exploit them for the entertainment of the listener. Yeah, all it was. Well, I say entertainment. Yeah. Um, you say listener. There is only one yeah. listener. Um, <laughs> yeah, I broke the arm off my glasses and, and put on emergency glasses. It's always good to have glasses, you know, to, to find the glasses that you've lost. And for two days, I've been wearing this spare pair of glasses, which aren't very focal, which is what I'm used to. And I said to you, I was out for lunch with my daughter yesterday, like Albert Steptoe squinting at the menu, you know, lifting up my glasses with my tongue sticking out the side of my mouth, just trying to make out the merest word. So in the end, what I've done, I've put, I've put the original pair of glasses on today with one arm. They're sort of balancing precariously at the end of my nose at the moment. But at least I can bloody see, and I haven't resorted to the old Jack Duckworth trick of putting a bit of plaster around it just yet. I'm going to try and get them together properly later. Which is what I'm imagining, you see. I've got I've got, <laughs> I've got, got the dude from Big Lebowski sat there in your dressing gown uh, and, and, and slippers and, and stuff, and then you've got your glasses, a slight, slight slant on your face. It's a jaunty angle, a jaunty yeah. angle, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, there's no dressing gown or slippers. I've had a shower. I'm fully dressed because after we finish recording, I've got to go out and do some bits and pieces. So I'm raring to go. It's just my face that isn't with the glasses at the moment. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> there's a phrase. I'm raring to go, but my face isn't. <laughs> a tag, oh. tagline for the podcast. Um, it was your choice this week. Was, to, yeah. Tell us all about it. What is it, mate? It's... Waking Ned, or also known as Waking Ned Divine, yeah. uh, from 1998. Mm, okay. I'm assuming there's a trailer out there. There is. 
I put it on Facebook. Let's play that trailer. For those that don't know what it's about, we'll give you a little bit of a clue. We'll be right back after this. In 63 countries around the world, dozens of lottery machines spin hundreds of lottery balls. It takes seconds for the losers to realize they've lost. But for the winners, it is an event which will undoubtedly change their lives forever. Has the news reached any more? Nobody knows but the winner. Magdivine. Is there a greater twist of fate winning and the next minute die from the shock of it? Hello, National Lotto. Now, I wanted to talk to someone about a claim that I've been making. If the Lotto man comes to the village, you say that Ned Devine is alive and well. And you point your finger to Michael O'Sullivan. Ned wants us to share the winnings. Do you think you can outsmart the man from the city? Would you happen to know a Ned Devine? I do. Well, I can take you to Ned Devine's house if you want. A right turn coming up here. Will you drive a little slower, mister? Are you in trouble with the directions? I am. You're going too fast, yes. Uh, yes? Michael's in with a man from the lotto. He's never told a lie in his life. Well, he's making up for it now, so? Big win, is it? Six million. <laughs> Yoo-hoo! <laughs> £894,620. How does that make you feel? Fox Searchlight Pictures presents... I'll just have to come back to the village and make some inquiries. I'd like to make sure that you are Ned Devine. <laughs> a comedy that will make you feel... like a winner. Ned Devine. To Ned. Waking Ned Devine. This fall, odds are you'll get lucky. Waking Ned, released in the UK, 19th of March, 1999. It says it's a 1998 movie on IMDb, so must have got some sort of premiere late in the you know the year before directed by <laughs> kirk, professionalism professionalism directed by kirk jones starring ian bannon david kennedy isn't james nesbitt in there as well they're the more famous yeah. faces i think that people will recognize your choice this week sir give us a synopsis please mate righty how when someone in their Irish village wins the lottery, two early best friends go to Great Lengths to uncover the lucky winner. They discover it's their old friend, Ned, who unfortunately has died of shock on learning of the win. Leaving no heirs, it falls to the wit of two old men and Irish luck to save the fortune from lottery officials on behalf of the whole village. Right, before we go, first time watch for me. Right and you've done it again. You found a movie that for some reason had passed me by and I finished watching it Friday evening. I thought, why the hell haven't I watched this bloody movie before? Absolutely loved it. I don't know why it had fallen off my radar, why I'd never gone back to it. I'm fully aware of it, you know. It's just one of those movies that I knew the title. I knew a vague sort of inkling of the premise of it. Um, I sat and watched it Friday night instantly just knew where we were going it's, I knew it was going to be one of those gentle 
sort of comedies that we were used to from the late 90s, early 2000s. Vibes of Last of the Summer Wine. Does have a bit of that, the old, old men up to their antics and... Um, half-naked and old men as well, yeah. which was a bit <laughs> well, unsettling. More than half-naked at some <laughs> yeah. point, yeah. A bit unsettling. Um, um, with a generous dose of good old-fashioned black humour. Yeah. Why did you choose it? What's your history with it, mate? I know you've seen this a few times then. Yeah, I have. And although I haven't watched it for a while, to be, you know, the same mm. with yourself, that it's just um, it's gone sort of off the radar for a while. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, w- I watched it, I think, round about the time, I think, um, when it came out. And I've dipped back into it occasionally. And, yes, it's something that has broader appeal because of, of it. Although it's got black humour, it's it's got more of a gentle humour and it's more um, universal. But it just it's it's witty as well as being gentle and it's a it's it's an easy watch. Oh god. And, yeah. Yeah. and I think with us having recently been going through some of the um the sort of kitchen sink social realism and things like that, mm. I just wanted something that was a bit more a bit lighter. Yep. Um and go for something a bit more up to date. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm bit sick of this uh, London centrism that you keep going for all the time. But, um, no, I'm kidding. Well, um, get used to so, it. There's more to come. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot more to come on that one. And that's because there are many fine films that are based in, in, in that shit hill. Um, so, um, no, so I thought I'd just go. Uh, and, and I've been thinking, it's been in the back of my mind for a while to pick something that is from Ireland to yeah. include because we had that discussion before about that being included as part of... of um, Britain geographically and stuff. Oh, I can't so, see why so, we don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's you know there's many fine Irish films. They're often littered with professional Irish people who uh, make a living <laughs> out of being more Irish than than normal Irish people. But yeah. this, yeah, it's just it just seemed to fit in um, my feel of the time um, of what we've been watching and what could be coming up, and it just felt like the right time to introduce this into the. Um, reviewing schedule yeah it's a nice break isn't it that you know we think of classic british movies but we've said before there's movies that are worthy of discussion throughout the 80s the 90s right up to date i mean we've reviewed one as recently as 2017 or whatever it was when we did the craze thing legend yeah but this one, interesting fact about that did you know tom, tom hardy, tom hardy, tom hardy the <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to tell tony um <laughs> But this one, great. You know, as I say, vibes of Last of the Summer Wine, but also just those, I don't know, it was almost like a BBC production type thing that you might have seen at Christmas, some sort of drama. There was, it was something called Bellamina or something, wasn't there? There was a series or something like that. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Well, I think a couple of these people were actually who were, yeah. in this, were, were in that as well. I know, um, but, I think... James Nesbitt was in... There you go. That's probably why I'm getting the vibe that it was this sort of ensemble piece, although it only focuses probably on the two main characters who are absolutely superb in this. Why David Kelly did not make more movies or become more famous than he actually was bemuses me now watching this because the man's a legend or was a legend. Yeah, it's yeah. a great, great talent and, um, you know, obviously playing a, a certain type of character. But, I mean, he went on to, after this to appear in bigger things. He was in the um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing uh, right. by Tim Burton and a few other right. things like that. But yeah. it seemed that recognition came a bit late in life for him, which 
Although he seems to have been a, a skeletal old man for the majority of his life, to be it's honest. True, um, yeah, very and, you get a, and you get very much a good view of, of his um, physique um, in this um, naked old man rattling along a, a, on a, motorbike. a country road on a motorbike <laughs> um, with nothing on but a helmet. Um, so, but yeah, absolutely. A great character actor. Absolutely the same with, with Ian Bannon as well. To get someone, uh, yeah. It, it mainly yeah. is focusing on them too. There, there are some supporting characters. You've got, like you say, um, James Nesbitt in there and, and, and playing Ian Bannon's wife. You've got um, Fionnola Flanagan. Flanagan, that's it. Yeah. Um, who, even even at, at the age she is in this, is still a stunning looking woman. Who is um, she? I've seen her before in something what, what? she was she's if you look at her uh, her career yeah she's been in loads of tv things but the vast majority of them have been over in the states right okay. um she's she was she's been in in kojak and um <laughs> some of the some of the old old um some of the western ones and all this kind you know going back decades she was just in loads of tv stuff over in the states Got it, and yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a sort of oh so you've seen her face loads of times in things over the over the years, but uh, more recently, I'm not sure what she's right. she's been in. You might recognise, but yes, yeah, she's she's a, she's you know she's a, cl- a class act as well. Yeah, well, movie wise, she, here we go. Movie wise, The Guard. With, oh yes, yeah. yeah. Four Brothers, which is the American thing. That's an American movie. The Others, which was the horror movie with Nicole oh, Kidman. Yes. Sure, she was like the housekeeper or something like that. They're the main ones, you know. She's won an Emmy, you know. She's yeah, it's a, quite a familiar face. But as for the rest of them, you know, bit part actors that we don't really, really know, not that familiar with. But we well, have the majority little... of the cast. Do you look up through the IMDb for the majority of the people who've written this? This is the only thing they've been in. I think some of them were actually lifted from the town. Yeah. They were actually, you know, villagers from which is which again is not Ireland. It's the Isle of Man, isn't it? This was it is, yeah, on. yeah. Which is why it doesn't show more long shots um, of sort of rolling landscapes that yeah. you would get around it because um, you can't do that on the Isle of Man because you see the other side. That's uh, <laughs> true. That's true. Um, but it's so, a, yeah, but but yes, it's, it was it was definitely done in the Isle of Man instead. But yeah, perfect standing though for Ireland. It looked yeah. authentic enough for what I know of. Irish landscapes. Um, I just loved it. Again, like I say, you've you've picked a movie that I, I should have watched 20, 30 years ago. It's a very clever story. It, it's one that you think, well, why hasn't anybody done this before or since? You know, a lottery winner dies, you know, winning six million, it turns out, six million pounds. And the village gets together basically just to say, okay, well, we'll just pretend that David Kelly is Ned Divine, the guy that's died, and we just keep it hush hush. It's it's a very simple plot. It is. There, there are some some sort of intricacies in there, but they're not anything that really the the plot the yeah. the, the film hinges upon. They're nice little asides. There's uh, the um the sort of untold or the unfinished business of whether the the young boy was James Nesbitt's son. That was just sort of brought in at some point. Yeah, which you know, which re- resolves itself right at the end. But it's a, it's that's a, a secondary thing really. That's yeah. A, as a denouement that you get um, at the end of the film, the main, the main thrust of it is 
the farce almost of the um, these two old men trying to <laughs> uh, trying to use what little which they have, and as I say, Irish looked to be able to much, um, yeah. get get around the, the fact that they they really don't have a clue what they're doing, and they think it's just a simple case of just one of them saying, "Oh yes, I'm Ned <laughs> Divine, signing a piece of paper and getting getting the money." They don't realize the the repercussions of it, but yeah. um, it's it's. It's great to see how it all plays out, and although it's quite a simple story, there are bits that still keep you sort of guessing because you're thinking, "Well, they're done for now." Well, this, they're done for now. This could, keeps... yeah, happen at any time. This could fall flat at any time. They could be caught out. There's lots of little twists, isn't there? Little things, little obstacles that they ha- they hadn't thought about. And they have to get over the fact that Ned Divine never had a bank account. Uh, yeah. The old woman on the mobility scooter that steadfastly refuses to be part of it, which is resolved in the most <laughs> farcical way. It's yeah. an act of God, almost, yeah. you could say. Well, yeah, you could, you could put it like that. That's a very good way to put it. I mean, there's, the, as you said, the plot of this is um, quite straightforward, and you think, well, why isn't. And I think it probably has been done as maybe a a small part in a half an hour drama or yeah, a, sub, yeah. a subplot on some kind of um, soap opera or something like that. But this is, it's quite a straightforward idea for yeah. a plot, but the way it's actually played out, it, it could have been done badly and just fallen completely flat, but it's been done with, with great cleverness and subtlety that in, in a way that allows you to just enjoy the farce of it really. Yeah. And um, yeah, how things play out um, at the very end, um, uh, a comical, <laughs> darkly so, absolutely. Is this based on a novel at all? Is this original screenplay, do you know? I think it's original screenplay. Yeah. I'm not aware that it's um, been based upon anything no, else. Just, um, just checking. Now, there's nothing here on, on IMDb to say that it was... No, it is an original screenplay. Kirk Jones, the director, there we go, wrote the original screenplay. Which, you know, which is always, I think it's always a, a feat for somebody to be the director and the writer of something yeah. other because obviously you might have some conflicts in there as far as you, you you need to be very sure what you're doing because otherwise you haven't got really anybody to correct you. Yeah. And we've seen that go wrong in adaptations of people, um, directors who've, taken a written source material by somebody else and injected their own bits into it and it not having been done right. But we've also seen it the other way around. The director has made you know, made some changes that have improved things. But So brave of him to, to take his own work and, and put it out there, but maybe he was the only, only person he trusted to do it right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, and, you know, apparently he was very involved in the casting as well, which is why we've got some of the, the great people in there that we do have. But yeah. Um, I think he spent a lot of time from reading. He spent a lot of time trying to get the right people for the main parts, and and forgot or didn't have time for some of the minor parts, which is why they were drawn from either like the crew, um, <laughs> which I think where the, the the young priest comes from, a member of the crew. Oh right, um, okay. And um, or just like you say, just sort of extras of villagers who happen to be uh, around to sort of be about there's one guy that's in there he's, he plays i think it's a postman right. um you don't establish exactly who he is or whatever but he's he's in a couple of the scenes more prominently as a villager um and his name's um matthew devitt and i kept looking at him thinking i know him from what have i seen him in i've, I've seen him in something that i've watched 
quite not not that he's been had a massive part in in something, but I seen his face in something. Yeah, and and I, and I, and I really it took me ages to work it out, and then suddenly it came to me that you know in Red Dwarf when yeah. they have the parallel universe and there's there's um instead of cat there's a dog. Yes. Is that he him? He plays the dog. Is that yeah. him? And it finally dawned on me that he was dog. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, that's what I know him for, for, oh, playing, well, a, for playing a dog. And it's probably about this sort of time as well, 98, yeah, yeah. possibly, isn't so, it? Yeah. Uh, probably, yeah. But, you know, the, as, I, as you said, there's some, some great character actors in there and they really managed to show themselves off as, as far as their, um, their abilities, um, not just in playing sort of, Sometimes the the um, accentuated characteristics of the uh, sort of Irish old men and, and things, but some of the more subtle moments. I mean, you know, you you got Ian Bannon when he's um, doing the eulogy, yeah, um, which is is showing uh, the subtlety that he, he had as oh, a, gotcha. an actor, yeah. um, which we'd already seen because um, he's he's the only one um, out of the cast that actually. Has any um, repetition for um, the Hall of Fame okay. um, purposes? Um, this is it actually um, this film gets him into the Hall of Fame actually, as it happens. Oh, so um, because previously he was in obviously Hope and Glory, which we remember him, of him being quite quite um, <laughs> a scene stealer. In fact, a yep. film stealer um, in that mm. playing the grandfather, who was just fantastic in that. We both recognised that at the time. Yeah, but he also had a bit part in the Sweeney film. He did, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. So this puts him as, as in the the Hall of Fame. Deservedly, but, um, quite, quite, quite deserved. Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. he's a fantastic career. And as you, as you say, um, David Kelly, it's a shame that he, you know, didn't do more for us to pick out at the moment. So he hasn't cropped up again yet. But no. there's, some, there's some great, great scenes in there, particularly between those two. Um, playing off each other, and you can imagine they just had great fun while well, doing it. I was really? looking back this morning because I was trying to make a couple of gifs to put on the Facebook post and the and the Twitter post today, and I selected the bit where they first find Ned and they're trying to make his face smile, or no, his face was smiling. They were trying to make him look a bit more dour. Yeah. And they're playing around with his face, and he's dead in bed. This guy. Yeah. And his false teeth come flying out of his face. Yeah. And you can see Ian Bannon absolutely busting a rib, laughing. And I think it's genuine. I think it's a combination of the fact that the poor guy that's playing dead Ned is there with this obviously like death mask face. Poor old David Kelly is trying to do his best to act around it. And Ian Bannon is just laughing, almost wetting himself. And I'm, I'm convinced that is genuine laughter. That is not acting at all as he's yeah, picking up it, the teeth. It, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, imagine David Kelly doing anything could be amusing. Yeah, just could, looking you know. at him. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, no, he seemed came across as a lovely old man, so I don't want to, you know, denigrate him really. But it seemed like he just had that that comic potential just yeah. in the way he, he looked, and um, yeah, that you can imagine that the that that the any repetition of shooting any of the scenes was because of them um, corpsing, but, I suppose. just yeah. corpsing absolutely yeah. because of the the, the scene being what it what it is in them two and. Um, yeah, they just they just make a good double act, really, yeah. and it's almost almost makes you want to actually see a, a before 
sort of before work in Ned and see them actually as a a, a pair doing more things and and that could lead to a last of the summer wine situation. Exactly, that's um, yeah. you, you've got that potential in them that they that they just seem to be a good fit for each other, really. Yeah, it, it, everything works in this film. Um, we've used this phrase a few times at other films. It's charming. It's totally inoffensive. Even the blackest parts of the black humour is just hilarious. You know, it's not going to offend anybody, this movie. In reality, it should, considering the subject matter. But the way it's handled, the way it's acted, the way it's directed, it's a snappy 90 minutes. Uh, Any longer, I think, would have taken something away from the film, to be honest. It was the perfect length. It's, It's just one of those ones, again, that I don't know why people don't talk about it anymore, or... Because it made enough money, I think it made fifty million plus, and I can't imagine the budget would have been too excessive. No, it would have been modest budget, and it was probably you know lottery supported, ironically. <laughs> um, but it, it certainly got um, a lot of notice from critics and stuff. I think it you know it got a, a good review from you know the likes of uh, Roger Ebert and yeah, um, very you know the lots of Critics' Choice awards and and mm. things nominations and. Deservedly so, because um, in my opinion, to do a film that is on this level where it's dealing with, um, with with something that is just quite a simple subject matter and it's done in an attempt to be um, charming, it's very difficult to have something that is charming but has the appeal without it becoming a you know twee yeah. and and saccharine and awful and so many of them go down that line. Whereas this, oh, in no way, no way slips into into no. that trap. It just does what it sets out to do incredibly well. Yeah, yeah. and I'm glad that you. Um, I'm glad that surprised that it's a first watch for you, but yeah. um, I'm I'm glad that you um, got so much out of it it's wilderness years 98 i don't know where i was didn't have access to a cinema back then you know it was it was a bit bit of a bit strange locally because the, this is this is not the first time the films from around this period of have, have passed me by this is the I reason think, what happened i think at some point we'll have to admit about your prison sentence and <laughs> Yeah, they only they only showed old movies from the nineteen forties inside, so I which is where this podcast came from. Yeah, <laughs> but no, locally we had a an Odeon which closed in the early eighties. The ABC trundled along for a little while longer. I think it probably closed round about this sort of time, um, and it wasn't until possibly ten years ago that we had a multiplex open within walking distance for me because as you know I don't drive so for me to go to a cinema was a bit of a mission you know um, and I would rely on DVD rentals or you know buying videos at the time so there's this whole sort of period like late 90s to the very early sort of 2000s that I didn't actually step foot in a cinema at all and as I say a thousand films come out every year you can only watch so many so this is one that did sort of slip under my radar but the good thing about you bringing things like this to me is I can now turn around 20 plus years later and laugh at this and enjoy it as if it's a brand new movie because it is to me. Yeah, and although it, it, although it's you know it's set um, in its time, 
it doesn't date. It's not dated at all. The, the, no, there's nothing that really. There's only a few little bits and pieces that mean it couldn't have been set last year. You yeah. know, the fact that it's not in euros, it's in pounds. Is the of course. Um, you yeah. know, there's a, only a very small number of things that that stops it from being set last year, really, um, yeah. because of the nature of what it is, and it it. it it therefore stands the test of time, I think, and and same with the humour as well. The humour is based upon timeless humour, yep. rather than it being referencing anything that's particular to the time. Yeah, it's it's a lovely little snapshot because it doesn't age. As I say, to me, I I watched it for the first time a couple of days ago. Could have been a brand new movie, as far as I was concerned. It could have been released this week. I've just found something online. We were talking about the director who was the script writer at the time and we're talking about budgets and how much this was likely to have cost there's a little snippet here in wikipedia i'm just going to read it out kirk jones originally developed the idea for waking ned as a roughly 10 minute short film but later expanded the work into a full-length script in 2013 in an interview he said investors responded to the humor and the engaging story and came on board but the level of finance was of course very low I was grateful to the cast and crew who agreed to work for reduced fees in order to get the film made. When it was finished, we put it in the boot of a car, drove to Cannes, where we screened it, sold it to Fox Searchlight in the US, where it was released later that year. So it's well, a rags to riches type story almost, mate, again. Well, yeah, and it's kind of the that investment of the, the cast and crew actually it been a labour of love almost on them yeah. willing to to invest themselves in it um means that they obviously believed it in the same way you know as we had the conversation um about Wickerman before yeah i suppose it's in the same way that when when people believe in a project um that's when you know it, it maybe has that extra element to it because people have put love into it rather than it just being a, financial a job. thing yeah incredible okay well, I thought I'd lost you for a second there. No, no, uh, unfortunately for you, I'm still here. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's it's it's, <laughs> it's um yeah, it's it's just a, a it's it almost you know it's quaint and charming. Yep. But without being twee and nonsense, that's that's what really does work about it. Um, along with the the quality of the the scripts and the acting, without there being anything big about it at all. Some um, genuine laugh out loud moments as well. Yeah. It isn't just belly laughs, chuckling to yourself. I did actually laugh out loud a couple yeah. of times. Um, fantastic movie. Um, as a first time watch for me, it's a four star, four out of five for me, because I will go back and watch this. This is a great one to watch, especially this time of year. A little bit colder, nights are drawing in. You want something that's not too taxing, but you're going to get a little chuckle from uh thoroughly enjoyed it i'll be recommending it to as many people as i i spoke to a lady at work she's she's irish and i told her we were reviewing this and she went you haven't seen it she went you're gonna love it you know it's just one of those things that sort of touched did she say you will you will you will you will do you know what we call her mrs doyle because she does that she comes around and says would you like a cup of tea would you like a cup of tea she does do that yeah we we call her mrs doyle But yourself, your your ratings are well. Although the, it's not really necessary to see this at a cinema, I would recommend people go out the the way to watch it. It's got universal appeal, so I can't imagine anybody who wouldn't enjoy it. So 
make a point of, of finding it on a streaming service or um, you could probably pick it up for next to nothing on oh, DVD to be fair maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. and go out your way because you, you will enjoy it and it is something that when you like you said when you're thinking I just I just want to watch something but I don't necessarily want to be taxed you know yeah. um, you can just sit and just enjoy it and it's it doesn't overstay its welcome either it's not a massively long film I think it's roughly an hour and a half um, and it, although it packs enough in there it, it doesn't leave you sort of overloaded and so absolutely recommend everybody go out there and, and seek it out to be honest because it's, it's a film that will reward Fantastic Tell you what, let's leave it at that for the moment, we'll take a short break we're going to be right back after this Next time, we're going to stick with a comedy. We're going to go back a few years. We're going back to 1951. Oh, good. And we haven't covered too many Ealing comedies. I think it's literally only... Is it just the um, Passport to Pimlico? I think maybe the only proper Ealing comedy we have covered. I think so. Yeah. Yes. So, let's, let's go back to Ealing, one of the classic comedies. What this podcast was originally set up to sort of deal with because we said this is a staple of British cinema history as guardian or custodian of the uh, Hall of Fame you better get your facts and figures ready for this one mate directed by Charles Crichton starring Alec Guinness Stanley Holloway Sid James Alfie Bass (laughs) you've got Ronald Adams John Gregson's in there I'm sure he must go in the Hall of Fame with this and blink and you'll miss her Audrey Hepburn. Really? Oh. It is The Lavender Hill Mob. I haven't seen this for a while. I, I know I like like it. I've seen it many, many times. It's I've chosen it because it's due a rewatch, personally, for me. Uh, and I'd like to get a few more Ealing comedies under our belt as well. So. This, this might actually be the one that puts Sid James into the Village Hall. Is he affair. not in there yet? Why not? Why is he not I don't think he is. No, I'm pretty sure he is. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. And there was uh, three hats for Lisa. Yes, he was of course. In. Yeah, and it was in Hell Drivers. Hell Drivers. That must. And I don't be think it. It, I don't think he's cropped up in a, the. Um, not in the Carry Ons yet. Because not in the Carry Ons yet. No. Yeah. So I think this might be the one that hey. you know, you're, you're <laughs> finally you get your hero in there. Exactly. That wasn't deliberate. Certainly wasn't. No, it wasn't. Deli- no. no, certainly wasn't deliberate. You already thought it was in. So, yeah. I did actually. Yeah, and I mean. If it was down to me, he'd have been in by episode three. You know, the first three movies would have been Sid James. This films. would have just been the Sid James podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'm really looking forward to that. I trust you are too, my friend. So, oh, Without a doubt, yes. Excellent. Right, let's leave it at that. I will see you next week. Thanks once again for being here. Thanks for waking Ned. My Absolutely pleasure. loved it. See you next time, buddy. Take care. Absolute shah. A positive shah. Good luck. Thank you.
British end up, sir. Ha, ha, ha.